Okay, I get it. We're supposed to share the love. But when it comes to two breakfast croissants for four bucks from Jack in the Box, sometimes you need to share with someone who really looks out for you. That would be you. Who bought you those two croissants anyway? You did. Well done, you. Gold star. Go ahead. Share it with yourself. Get two buttery croissants with freshly cracked eggs and your choice of sausage or grilled bacon and ham for four bucks. Only at Jack in the Box. Home of breakfast served all day. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. That's Maurice Ager. Here's a guy you saw a ton during the course of the regular season last. Yep, Michigan State obviously a disappointing first round exit, but Maurice Ager improved his game over the course of his career. Ager 6-5, spins and got it. And a 360 with such ease. Tom Izzo looking on with his family. 78-68. And when you do it against an athletic team, this is what happens. Mo Ager for the one-hand slam, and yes, Mr. Reddick, congratulations, you made the poster. But Michigan State really working the ball well. One for a back cut, and he's going to slip to the goal for Davis. There's Ager for three. Oh, Big time delivery. Maurice Ager coming off that screen, curling off, and Morrison flying at him. I think Ager shoots so much better when he's on the move, stepping into it against the zone when he's had standstill shots, he finished short. But how about 13 minutes to go, Ager had four fouls. He's still in the game and knocks down arguably the biggest shot of the game. The biggest shot, and also, Jay, the defense is coming at his hand, the shooting hand. That's very distracting, usually disturbs people. Great concentration. And Tom Izzo rewarded for the confidence that he showed in Maurice Sager putting him in the... Welcome to the KO Show with your hosts, Noah Kone and Oliver Maroney. Welcome to another edition of the KO Sports Show brought to you by 5-4 Club. 5-4 Club offers a unique, original, customized clothing delivery, which takes everything away. From trying things on, to shopping for clothes, to trying to find that great deal, you've got it all in one place. 5-4Club.com. Use the promo code NBA for 50% off your first order. I just got a great package of clothing from them. Can't wait to get the next. Whether it's shorts, dress pants, sunglasses, stylist t-shirts, they've got it all. Once again, use the promo code MBA for 50% off your first order. Today we've got a great show lined up as we have Maurice Ager, former NBA player and Grammy-nominated musician, on in just a little bit, and my co-host, Noah Kone. How's it going, Noah? Going well, going well. Yeah, really excited for the show and apologize for those technical difficulties. Uh, technology is always uh, playing a <laughs> menacing role in our lives, and I guess it's trying to prevent me from coming on, but I won't allow it. I won't let it stop me. We're going to keep going. There you go. Uh, there right. you go. Well, we're going to have Maurice Ager on just in a little bit here, but I did want to talk about the NBA Finals really quickly and just get your take on it. Uh, what happens to, obviously, in Cleveland for Game 3? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, part of me thinks that the Cavaliers will have a, a strong performance at home and, and maybe be able to find something uh, to make a game. But I think Golden State's going to win this uh, this game three in Cleveland as well. 
Really? Wow. Okay. I was yep. surprised by that. Um, I, I think Golden State has a chance to. I just don't know if they will. I guess we'll have to find out here shortly. Um, what have you thought about games one and two? Anything surprising to you? Yeah, what's been surprising is is really the, the final score and the gap between the Warriors and the Cavaliers. Um, you know, really watching game two, you know, Cleveland made a good run at it for what appeared to be two and a quarter quarters, and then after that, you know, Golden State did what they did best and just started defending and making shots. And, you know, Cleveland never rallied back, and the deficit just kept growing. So I think to see them get beaten that way in the finals uh, has really been the most surprising thing. Definitely. Yeah, I think the same thing. I mean, it's just Golden State is playing team basketball the way it should be played. I don't think there's anything that's going to stop them in this series. I don't know there there's any way that Cleveland comes back from this deficit. I think it could be a gentleman's sweep where it's 4-1. I think that's probably the most probable thing to happen at this point, but uh, I guess you never know. I, I I hear Kevin Love is out for this game, so that may provide a spark for Cleveland, shockingly enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, there's not anybody on Cleveland, save for LeBron James or, or Kyrie and Spurs, that's really hurt the Warriors. Um, and Kevin Love, you know, hasn't played particularly well, so uh, him being out, you know, might give him a little bit of a lift, but, it, you know, really it's going to be a damper for Cleveland because. I'm sure they were trying to get him going, and Channing Fry's played well throughout the playoffs, but he definitely wants your all-star forward uh, in the lineup if you're going to be playing a team like Golden State. But uh, we'll see what happens. Definitely, yeah. We're going to get Maurice in a couple of minutes here. I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing how this goes. Um, it, you know, obviously we'll t- just talk on his career and, and uh, you know, what he's done and accomplished, obviously being not only an NBA player and a collegiate, uh, high-level collegiate player, but also – a music producer as well. So a very interesting, uh, interesting form of a career for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on his, his success and, and what he's done? Yeah, well, it's incredible. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to talking to him just because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, if you are passionate about something in life, uh, you can be, I guess what you, you, you can be passionate about more than one thing in life and you don't have to necessarily pick one lane and stick with it. And, you know, your, your time, uh, can be divided up, and, and you can just, you know, attack things from a different angle over the course of your life. So I think, you know, him having done that, you know, being a high-level basketball player and also being a high-level musician, you know, I'd love to hear him shed some light on just how he kept balance and, and kind of what came first and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be a good thing to see here, and I'll get him on shortly. Um, the other question I had for you actually is if Cleveland ends up getting gentlemen swept and this is going back onto the NBA finals topic here, but if they do get, uh, you know, four, one, even, you know, lose in six, I think that, uh, a lot of people are going to be calling for Kevin Love and Kyrie to be traded. What are your thoughts on, on that process? What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, LeBron James is so good that about anybody you put next to him, uh, you know, pretty much gives him a chance to win the championship. But you look at the, you know, the landscape of free agency and, and the cap and how things have gone up, and this isn't a bad group they have now. You know, I think some of their wings leave something to be desired, not that they're good players, but just, you know, how Iman and Jr. fit next to LeBron, I'm not so sure. But, you yeah. know, those are the pieces that I would be looking at first. I don't think that I'd be looking to trade a guy who's averaged a double-double his whole career. And I don't think I'd be looking to trade, you know, a perennial all-star point guard like Irving, you know, who still has – you know, his best basketball is yet to come. So I could see, you know, people calling for their heads and then being upset, but those are the three pieces that I think you hold on to no matter what happens and maybe you try to find some support 
Um, and maybe you move in Irving or love to get uh, some better support, but then, you know, what are the next best options? How much are they going to cost? And more importantly, <laughs> is LeBron going to sign off on it? So, you know, exactly. a, lot of, a lot of things to think about for them. Yeah, there's a lot going forward for them, and uh, I'm just getting uh, Maurice on the phone here. We're going to do a little intro for him because we didn't get to do it previously because of all the different errors and whatnot. So I will uh, we'll get him on the line and then um, get this interview going. Let's do it. That's Maurice Ager. Here's a guy you saw a ton during the course of the regular season, last. Yep, Michigan State, obviously a disappointing first-round exit, but Maurice Ager improved his game over the course of his career. Ager, 6'5", spins and got it! And a 360 with such ease. Tom Izzo looking on with his family. 78-68. And when you do it against an athletic team, this is what happens. Mo Ager for the one-hand slam, and yes, Mr. Reddick, congratulations, you made the poster. But Michigan State really working the ball well. One for back cut, and he's going to slip to the goal for Davis. There's Ager for three. Oh, Big time delivery. All right, and Maurice, are you on the line? Hey, what's up, man? What's the word? Hey, what's going on, Maurice? How you been? Oh, man, been great, man. Life is good. All right. Well, uh, we've got a great show lined up. Obviously, Maurice Ager on the line with us today. Um, obviously, uh, a former NBA player and music producer. Uh, Maurice, first, I just wanted to, to touch on one thing with you uh, about your NBA career and just kind of take me through uh, your process from from high school all the way through to the NBA. Oh, man, the process, man, itself was just um... – Really, yeah, at that point, it was just really hard work and dedication, man, and just staying focused and, um, you know, just keeping my eyes set on the prize. You know, um, you know, I went into this thing with some goals. You know, I wanted to, first and foremost, get my family up out of Detroit, Michigan. So, you know, basketball was one of those things that was able to make that happen for me. But um, I always had plans to, you know, move forward and make music. But, yeah, you know, my first couple of years in college, you know, it was kind of slow. You know, I did really well. Um, you know, I played on the, you know, the um, USA team, 19 and under. Um, but, you know, going into my junior years when, when I really started to, uh, you know, elevate my game and stuff. And, um, you know, that was my first year starting. You know, we went to the Final Four. You know, I led the team in scoring. You know, one of the top five scorers in the Big Ten that year. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, we lost to North Carolina. And, um, yeah, you know, just going into my senior year, I felt like it was going to be a huge year for me because, you know, uh, going in as an All-American and, and um, you know, you know, being a leader and the captain of the team going into a senior year, man, it was kind of huge. And um, it worked out, man. You know, I ended up being a first-round draft pick, uh, led the Big Ten scoring that year. Um, yeah, and had a pretty successful career, man. You know, and then, you know, getting drafted in the first round for the Mavericks was uh, was also a blessing. Yeah, it's an incredible yeah. story. Yeah, it is an incredible story. And, uh, yeah, Noah, coming in here, thanks again uh, for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you talk about the process and putting in a lot of hard work. You actually – put in more work in the pre-draft process than really anybody ever has <laughs> because you had the, the the most workouts and they put a rule in place after you. Can you talk about what it was like to go to, what was it, 22 workouts uh, during the time you were in the pre-draft process? Five NBA workouts in the span of uh, maybe two two months. And, um, yeah, it's funny. After that year, you know, they actually um, – <laughs> they should call it the Moega rule, but, you know um, – <laughs> You know, we're going to shorten these workouts. I think they shortened them all the way down to maybe 12 or something like that, 12 or yeah. 10. So, 
Honestly, man, to be completely honest with you, man, that was a learning experience for me. If I can go back, I probably would have did half of those workouts because I retired towards the end, you know, considering I would do a workout in Phoenix and then, you know, take that red eye all the way out to Philadelphia and I had to be there for a 7 a.m. workout, you know, and still be able to produce. So I just think after a while it kind of took a toll on my body at that time. I wasn't necessarily ready to do 25, 26 workouts leading into the draft. And, um, um, but it taught me a valuable lesson, man. You know, less is more, you know, and, um, I learned from it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, throughout that draft process, I'm sure you had your, your will tested many times. But, you know, being from Detroit as well, you know, I'm sure that helped shape some of your upbringing too and then maybe add a little bit to that, you know, perseverance to help you get through. Yeah, man. I mean, at the time I didn't necessarily know notice that my, um, you know, things were not really dropping um, because, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers brought me in twice. You know, the Houston Rockets brought me in twice. Um, Utah brought me in twice, and they all had first round. I mean, um, uh, lottery picks. So I thought I was going to, you know, lottery, and uh, I ended up getting drafted by a team that I didn't even work out for, which is the Mavericks. I mean, it ended up working out, but for the most part, man, um, yeah, it does, it does take a lot of um, strength and willpower. You know, I feel like you know, just that moment in life kind of shaped me. I almost forgot about that that time period in my life, but um, I'm kind of glad that you reminded me of it because it, you know, kind of helps you later on in life. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, I guess when you're going through the process, you know, your head is down, you're focused, you're not really thinking about everything that's happening in real time. But, yeah, no, they should have called out the Moega rule because, you know, having been part of the the draft process, from you know, from the managerial standpoint, I know they end up getting, you know, seven, eight, you know, maybe ten now at the most. Uh, but team might bring you in twice. Um, and they have these different pro days and camps too where you were literally on the circuit like an AAU team, man, just trying to make it work and uh, – finally find a way to make it stick. Yeah, man. I mean, at that point in time, man, you're doing whatever you have to do to make it, man. You know, that's what I felt like I had to do at that time. And I listened to my agent, and uh, he was like, yeah, man, you know, all these teams want to see you. But if I look back now, I'm like, man, why would I have to do 25 workouts when they saw my whole body of work in college? You know, they saw me in the Final Four. They saw me in the tournament, you know. So I, I feel like, you know, at that point, man, less, less was more, man. And, and um, you know, I should have just stuck with my guns and just recognized that, you know, I don't have to do all these workouts because, you know, you watch me play on TV every single week. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. Definitely. I, I got a question for you, Mo. Uh, more or less about just, like, your growth from, like, sophomore to junior year. I mean, it's it happens quite a bit in college where you see players go from freshman to sophomore or sophomore to junior, and there's just a tremendous leap either athletically, physically – and just IQ-wise, as far as your game and overall understanding of it, uh, what happened for you in that time period that made you so successful with Michigan State in your senior and junior years? Um, you know what, man? I, I just felt like, you know, Coach Izzo felt more comfortable with me. You know, he gave me more leeway. Uh, I felt like, you know, me being a player from Detroit and my style of play, he had to actually give me a lot more leeway than he did players in the past. And um, once he recognized that, you know, we had to be halfway on some of the things that I wanted to do on doing the court and versus, you know, his style of play, man, I feel like we, um, you know, we kind of hit it off. And, uh, you know, he allowed me to go one-on-one a lot. You know, I was a one-on-one player, you know, a lot of times. But at the same time, you know, I knew how to use my team. So I just felt like he was more comfortable with me. You know, uh, he saw some of the things that I was doing my freshman and sophomore year, you know, as far as, you know, working on my game and, and just really pushing guys to practice and, and just being, you know, being a dog, man. And I just felt like that that's kind of uh, opened up the door for me back then at that time. Definitely. And and where where did this music career stem in? Like, when did that start pop, popping into your mind? When did you start having these ambitions of, of becoming a music producer? And obviously you also have some – 
uh, obviously some rap uh, stuff out there as well that you've been uh, you've been on as an artist. But uh, when did that start? Uh, man, I would have to say when I was five, six years old, man. You know, I was in a glee club. You know, my I played with keyboards when I was younger, man. Um, my mom was a musician. My dad was a musician. But, um, I mean, honestly, it just wasn't until I, you know, maybe it was a teenager when I recognized this, this is something I always wanted to do. It was a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, and I always, I always tell guys, I'm like, man, you know, I want to make it to the NBA, but eventually, man, I want to go out to L.A. and just go do this music thing. And um, so I would have to say my teenage years. Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. And and uh, talk about what you're doing right now. Like, what are, what are you doing uh, currently? I mean, you've got a ton of things going on, I know. Uh, kind of explain to the listeners and, and people out there what, what you're currently doing. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a lot, man. I'm doing a lot of speaking. You know, I've, I've been traveling all around um United States and uh, across abroad, you know, just doing speaking, you know, different places. You know, I'm doing speaking for the NBA as well, you know, speaking to the NBA teams about, you know, making the transition. Um, I have a basketball enrichment program that's going really well. It's called the Morega Hoop School. And, um yeah, man, we – We've been established for two years now, and, um, you know, we're just kind of just doing our thing out here in Southern California, you know, till we eventually, you know, this thing worldwide. But, um, yeah, we're having a lot of fun, man. Of course, musically, man, that's just something that I'm – that's just my life, man. I'm I'm doing music right now. You know, I almost forgot about the call, man. I was like, I had to look at my phone. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you my God, we're going to I'm glad you we – could, we could pull you away. We won't try to pull you away too long, but – you know, I've seen your stuff online. I've heard you talk now. You know, you're from Detroit. You seem like a real positive brother, a real, you know, somebody that you know, tries to go out and do the right thing. I want to talk to you about the experience kind of coming to the decision that you weren't going to play basketball anymore and your identity kind of being tied up as this high-level basketball player, and then now you're going to shift identities and kind of do the music thing. Can you talk to me a little bit about just – you know, what people around you were saying or, or what were some of the stigmas you were facing at the time just kind of dealing with a, a, a decision change like that? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that was difficult, man. That was that was most certainly um, not really a dark moment, but it was an alone moment. You know, most most people didn't necessarily agree with the decision I chose to make with my life. Um, I felt at that time, you know, I took care of everybody I needed to take care of. You know, I made my mom happy. I made my sisters happy. I got them out of Detroit, Michigan. You know, I fulfilled some of the things I needed to do at Michigan State. Um, I played five years professionally. And uh, for me, you know, I, I've always wanted to do more of my life, man. And I spoke the day at uh, middle school, and that's what I told them. I'm like, you know, uh, it came a point in time in my life where I felt like I had more to offer, not only myself, but the world. So, um, yeah, of course, you know, um, <laughs> people that were around that were around at that time, most certainly they're not around now. But, you know, like I tell all the time, and this is a peaceful moment for me because I've had the opportunity to learn who I am and um, really dedicate myself to doing cool things for myself and the world, man. So it's all good, man. I'm happy, and uh, that's an important thing to me right now. Yeah, you know, that, that is important. You know, and it takes a lot of courage to kind of have that conversation with yourself and, and make that transition. You know, I can relate to that a little bit on a much smaller level where, you know, I was being faced with the decision to play my senior year of basketball in college and I chose to pass a full-ride scholarship to, to finish school and then start working, you know, in the NBA. Um, and, you know, I had to walk around campus and keyboard whispering to them, you know, to themselves and to their friends and saying, you know, oh, that's the guy that got cut or got kicked off the team. And they make up all these different types of stories, and people yeah. say all kinds of crazy things about you. But, you know, it's really just a decision you make for yourself. And I'm sure that, yeah. you know, once you were solved in that, it kind of propelled you forward. Yeah, man, you know what? It was actually cool to hear people talk that talk crazy, you know what I'm saying? Because it made me feel good. I was like, you know what? 
oh, that's how y'all view me? Okay. I'm going to show y'all much more than that. You know, I'm going to show you that I'm much more than just a basketball player that can run around. I feel like anybody can do things physically, but if you can use your mind to make something out of your life, man, I feel like that's even more powerful, man. God gave us so much, not only with physical skills, but, you know, up here in our mental, man. It's like, and that's how I live my life now, man. Everything I do is along the lines of thinking, you know, conscious effort, you know, and, um, and, right. and it's a lot more than that. You dig what I'm saying? Because, right. you know, you can only play ball for so long. That's true, man. You know, it's it's a it's a young man's game, and your body can only hold for so long. And even Tim Duncan has to sit down, or Kobe has to sit down at some point. You know, and I I really hope that young people out there, you know, particularly young athletes, especially from from you know cities that are tough, you know, continue to get the support to know that there's more than one way to do it, and you know, there's something wrong with redefining or kind of changing your career or or who you are, you know, as you're going through. So, um, you know, just. Really think it's a it's a good thing you're doing by continuing to put that that message out there because it's so important. You know, we feel trapped and we say, "Oh, I got to play ball, I got to do music, I got to you know, write, I got to work here, I got to go to school." But you know, there's just there's so much out there, um, and so I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. It's very important, man. We need we have options, man. We never stuck. You know, we're more than what we what we are. I mean, what they perceive us to be, man. You know, basketball was something I did. It's not what I am. So with that being yeah. said, man. It's important that we encourage people that, you know, there's not one way to do things, man. There's so many options out here for us to be successful, man. I got a yeah. quick quick question for you, Maurice, on the uh, <laughs> on the, the state of, like, the NBA rap career, I guess you could say, because we've got, like, Damian Lillard now and uh, Iman Shumpert and all these guys coming out and doing their own stuff. Uh, what's your opinion of it? And then uh, kind of, I mean, take me through, uh, you know, yourself. Are you still – do you still do artistry, as you say, or are you an artist still, or do you just do producing now? I do everything musically, man. It's like one thing I have to, I have to make clear is, like, music is not something that's, uh, um, um, uh, I don't have no structure when it comes to music. It's like, for me, I'm a producer, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I mix, I master, gotcha. you know, guitar artist. So it's like, not one time in my music life or whatever you want to call it that I'm not necessarily involved musically. So it's like, you know, being an artist can never change. As long as I'm able to create, not only musically, I'll, I will always be an artist. But as far as, like, me rapping and stuff, yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's part of the production process for me. You know, sometimes I might make a beat, and then, you know, I'm like, you know what, let me throw a hook on here. Matter of fact, let me throw a verse on here, and I'm going to send it to my man. <laughs> you just never know. Like, I don't never Like, me and my guy have been recording records for three days, and, you know, and we making some dope music just because we just in the vibe in the moment. Just doing something we love, man. It's like we're not necessarily trying to always put a business plan together when we're doing something creative and natural for us. You know what I'm saying? We better start to keep it, keep it all the way natural. You dig? Yeah, that makes Definitely. sense. That makes sense. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's always been a, a musical culture, at least you know, since the '90s of, of you know NBA players doing raps, but they're always kind of like a you know a, a gimmick or kind of a novelty, like you know Shaq Fu, kind of something with a movie like that. I think Damian Lillard's probably gotten as close as anyone to doing something legitimate with with the rap. Uh but you know, for you you know just I mean, even Damien, Damien Leonard is pretty dope. He's a dope rapper. You mind Frankfurt, these guys are dope rappers. But, you know, um far as my I'm, I'm concerned, it's like no one would really ever really take him super 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 serious, you know what I'm saying? If, right. if it's only to be a hobby to him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. If it's a you know, people you know, you can call it a hobby but I know when it's all said and done, it's like this is not what you you know, this is not your bread and butter. It's like I made the sacrifice and left. Tell people about about music, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't know. I just think it's a difference, man. You know, I don't, I don't take away nothing from 
people's talent, talent level. I feel like we all are talented. <laughs> I, believe, I believe most basketball players can rap when they really want to, but hey, right. you know, they're not able to take it serious like that. You know? That's true. And let me let me ask you this. Now, I'm sure, you know, having the basketball background, you working with artists, at some point you guys are taking some time off or maybe you're throwing jabs, uh, you know, in the studio. And have you ever had to go out into the court with anybody? And, and who's somebody in the industry that has a little bit more game than maybe we think? Um, that's an industry. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure nobody gets close to you, but I'm just saying, is there is there an artist that maybe has a jump shot that <laughs> maybe we're yeah, not giving him credit for? Like Chris Brown can hoop, uh, Snoop can hoop. Game actually not a play. Like you know, not a play. He make you know, he not to make plays. You know, he take charges. He, you know, that make oh, extra pass. He know the game. Um, <laughs> uh, who else? Two chains can hoop. Um. I never seen J. Cole hoop, so I wouldn't know. Um, he seemed like hoop, but I don't know. Man. Yeah, I've uh, seen J. Cole hoop. He's not bad. I've seen two chains hoop too. Two chains actually had some game back in the day. He actually get up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, man, that's who I can think of off the top right now. Right, right. Well, I'll ask you another quick question before before we let you go. He, I, I heard you talk online because uh, I remember you addressed a series of questions about making their transition and, and having the courage to do so and finding yourself. But one of the things you said was, you know, I wanted to be my own boss. You know, I wanted to dictate my own future, you know, and going from being a player, being coached, having rules and obligations with your contract to now saying, okay, I'm going to create my own destiny. You know, can you talk to me a little bit about the early stages of just kind of getting your footing and then what that was like? Yeah, man. I mean, I, honestly, you know, we're all figuring it out still um, because the nature of just entrepreneurship is changing every single day. But, I just stick to my guns, man. I do what I love, and then you know, I just follow my passion, you know. And I and I trust, you know, I trust not only myself, but I trust that the universe is always going to bring me whatever it is I need, as far as business sense. But um, yeah, it, you know, it's just like basketball, man. You need basketball. As a, basketball was good for me as a platform to get me to the level to do music. Now music has gotten me to the level to where I'm doing speaking. And speaking has gotten me to the level to where I'm doing programs. So it's just it's it's all a you know it's a tricky time track, man. You just gotta. <laughs> Let one foot lead lead after the other, you know what I'm saying? And it's uh, you gotta go, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, I've got one more before we get get you out of here, Mo. Uh, actually, just a quick one. Uh, do you ever do freestyle rapping? Oh my goodness! Yeah, all the time. Uh, could you do four bars for us if we had a beat for you? All right, throw the beat on. All right. Come lay something down for I think you're like cutting in and out. Ah, sorry to ruin that for you, man. I couldn't. I can't hear you at all. It's cool. You want to try it again? We'll get that next time, though. Okay. 
Yeah, whatever works, man. I, I hey, uh, it, we know you can do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all good. All right. Well, we can try it again if you'd like. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're cool, um, if you got an extra couple of minutes, we can try it again though. All right, like man, why not? All right. Calvin Valentine. Yeah, I hear it. Let me see. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Huh. I was born on Puritan. Now I'm Cali Swaggin'. Yeah, trying to get pure again. I tell my dogs, man, it's all about experience. Life can be great, but my dogs experience. Hey, I still represent the B. I did a lot of things, man. I made it to the league. Half of these people, they still raiding around me. I still hit them like raiding when I'm hitting from the street. Hey. Fading colors, man, you already seen the boss. I'm to do it's all good, man. I've seen the wins, you've seen the loss. you seem to be the truth, but I fully see lies when I see you. Hey. Mm. Hey. <laughs> okay, they popping every okay. minute. <laughs> all okay. right. So they balling, man, it's looking like a scrimmage. I'm about to be on my Popeye and get the spinach. Hold on. Hey, I'm still bad like Dennis. <laughs> I see the whips. Yep, they all rent it. You see me up in it. Nope, it's not tenant. They must know a real one's in it. Hey. Wow. All right. There we no go. Doubt, no wow. Doubt. <laughs> I think that was worth it, Noah. <laughs> I see that, man. Yeah. I see that. We got that for free, too, man. I appreciate that. I had to come give us something real quick. I had to let them know that you got it, man. I had to let them know, you know? I had to let so, them know. <laughs> so, where can people find you if they don't already know? Where can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, all, all the stuff that you have, website. Whatever you have, working can they yeah, find you? it's all the same. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. Like, my Twitter, I'll be on Twitter heavy on uh, Instagram. So, it's like, it's M-O-E-A-G-E-R. You know, my Twitter be lit. So, I'll be on that boy uh, Instagram. And yeah, 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 man. Anybody want to get in contact with me, I'm um, pretty hands-on on my Twitter and stuff. So, hit me up. All right. Oh, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, we'll love to have you back on again soon. Um, would love to discuss more about this. And, uh, yeah, whenever you have stuff coming up, just let us know. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good rest of your day, Mo. Peace. And that was Mo Ager. Uh, Noah, what did you think about that? <laughs> oh, man, he was a great dude, man. You know, I, and, and definitely you can tell that he was passionate about what he did. Um, I love the fact that he came and gave us a few bars. He didn't have to do that, but uh, – you know, especially after we had the difficulties the first time, I was really happy to got back on it because, yeah, that was great. So, yeah, you know, but, you know, like you said, it, it's so, you know, difficult to, to get to a point where you're going to make a decision and, and change the path that you're going down or redefine yourself or start a new career. Um, you know, but he just said he kept positive and then kept following his heart and it worked out for him. And I think that's important for people to know that, you know, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. You just got to get to it, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's It's been um, very interesting uh, that whole conversation was interesting to me, and um, the, the <laughs> I really wanted to see what his thoughts were on Lillard stuff and and what he's done, and um, it sounds like he's you know you know he said he wasn't against it necessarily. I mean he respected what he did, but he definitely said it's not his full time job. Come on, so right. <laughs> that was a little bit interesting as well. But I am glad that he at least got to do it over again. I didn't know if he would do it or not, or if you know I didn't know where to go with that conversation actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, hey, man, yeah, we, we brought you on stage, but the equipment's messed up, so can you hold on a second while we get to, get to, get to figure some things out? And, and let, let me stop the whole thing. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, the arts court fell out. That's typically when an artist walks off stage and they never come back to your venue. But Mo is gracious and he's a good dude, so uh, he was able to do it for us. But yeah, man, you know, it's like I said, you you can pick many paths in life, and he was somebody who went through the transition and and did it successfully. Um, and, you know, and that should be encouraging to the next athlete or musician that decides that you know it's amazing they want to do the other way, you know, do the other thing. You know, so exactly. I was really nice to hear. And we've got actually a caller on the line. I have never taken a call before on the uh, Blog Talk studio here. Shout out, by the way, to Blog Talk Radio. We do have a caller on the line. I don't know if he has a question for us or what, but uh, we're going to put him on here and see see what happens. Uh, All right. right. Caller on the line? Hello? Did it come through? Yeah, it's coming through. uh, He's on the mic. I don't know what he's – all right. Well, I guess, uh, all right, I'm going to hang up on him. <laughs> I guess he's not there. Never mind. We had a couple calls come in actually when Mo was on, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to take calls, uh, that way. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, very interesting story. Very interesting stuff. I did want to talk to you a couple, couple more things before we get off the air here, Noah. Um, first Absolutely. of all, wanted, wanted to talk a little bit, um, about your opinion of the NBA draft. Uh, it's coming up here pretty quickly. Ben Simmons, uh, obviously, kind of regarded as the number one guy, I think. But uh, what's your thought? Who do you think should go number one? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, you, you look at Ben Simmons, and, and the first thing you think of is, oh, God, if I could just get this guy to be good at two or three things, he could do them really well because he can do everything, you know, you know okay right now. Um, but, you know, especially with the NBA going smaller, um, you know, but his inability to, to shoot the basketball from distance – it's a little bit of a concern, and, and he is an athlete, but I don't know if he's so much more athletic than the next player to be able to rely on that, say like a Blake Griffin, and even Blake Griffin to prove his jump shot. So I say all that to say <clears throat> that, yes, if, if you have a system and a series of coaches that will develop him and you can put him in scenarios where he can get experience early, then I think Simmons is your guy. I think if you're looking for a guy to start producing in the next two to three years, kind of in a role that kind of won't really expand over time but kind of just be a good score, I think Brandon Ingram can, can be that guy. Um, but again, Simmons is the most talented player in the draft, and, and I think he should go number one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you. I think Simmons is by far and away the better talent, the most potential to become a multi multi year All Star, I guess you could say, as far as as players go. I mean, I look Ingram's got a great body. He can probably uh, you know probably shoot better than what Ben Simmons can, and I think he's probably got more talent in the. Uh, efficiency and shooting categories but I think overall if you're looking at the player and you're looking what you can develop him into I think Ben Simmons capitalizes on most every single box and checks every single every single box in a lot of different categories I mean he's just like that prototypical kind of like in my opinion he should be you know like a stretch four kind of a LeBron James s body as far as size weight etc he's got to build a little bit more he's got a little he needs to bulk up more but I think yeah. The the body and the way he has the athletic ability to go up and down the court reminds me much of a Draymond Green or a LeBron James or one of those players that's a two-way versatile player that you can plug pretty much anywhere. Uh, and so for that reason, yeah. Ben Simmons definitely is that guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean his, his passing ability, too, is really – oh, yeah. I've watched him play maybe four or five times, and, yes, he, he can definitely get out in transition, and he has really great hands. He can dribble with both hands. Um, he finishes particularly well, but – his ability to pass, I mean, it's just really impressive. I mean, he can throw a lot of full court and has a few behind-the-back things, sees the court really well and is, and is 
has a chance to be an elite playmaker. Um, you know, and, and the other player that I think has a chance to be an elite playmaker in the draft is, is Chris Dunn. And he's, he's my favorite pick if you can't get Ben Simmons because I see him as a big guard that can come in and be physical and, and maybe help a team right away, kind of like Emmanuel Moutier did. And yeah. I, I don't know, I think he has some star potential. And, and outside of that, I'm not really crazy about anybody else in the draft. Uh, I'll tell you one guy I've been crazy about since the beginning of the season or close to the beginning. I'd say probably eh, once the – we're about 10 games into the NCAA season, thought Buddy Heald would be the guy that I would want on my team. I just love his effort, intensity, and he's got range, man. He's got that just pure shooting ability. I'm surprised um, just how well he performed. But, uh, you know, I think that he's going to be a good player in the NBA. A lot of people say he's too small or he's not athletic enough to be able to play against a you know, uh, Russell Westbrook or anybody else as far as the, like, top upper echelon athletic point guards in the league. But I disagree completely. I think he's got the ability to do it. He's shown efficiency. I mean, he's got one of the most efficient seasons in NCAA history right now. Um, And so, uh, for me, I I just liken him to be on a team that's contending. That would be where I would put him if I was to put him somewhere. Uh, A team like Cleveland, actually, (laughs) to be completely honest, if they could somehow find a way – You know, I I would look at the Celtics as potential trade partners for maybe a Kevin Love or a Kyrie or one of those players if they need to get rid of someone in return for the third pick and some other players and package some things together. But, man, I think that would help out both sides immensely. I think a guy like Buddy Heald has the ability to be a consistent, efficient scorer, and that's very, very rare in this league. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think he's a guy that can come and average double figures in his first year. I think if you put him in the right system – he could shoot well enough that, you know, he'll he'll be shooting in, in at least the, the mid-30s from three and, and probably the low-40s from two, which a lot of first-year guards don't do. Um, don't do, I think he just has yeah. the ability. So, in the right situation, he could be good. I don't know how much time – how much time do we have? Uh, we got about 15 minutes left. Okay, great. So, let me ask you about some of the bigs in this draft because, you know, I'm a former post player, so I'm always going to be super critical of, of, of post players. And one of the names that's floating up in the top of the lottery is uh, – I believe the fellow's name is Dragon Bender. Um, yeah. And he's a seven-foot forward. And I've watched some yeah. of the workouts and I'm seeing him play, and he, he has some ability. But what, what, do you, what do you feel? Do you think he's a, he's a top-five pick, or do you think he's uh, a guy that maybe needs to develop a little bit more? I, uh, I'm scared of a guy like that just because of his overseas and all that stuff. I, I, just, I, I get scared when you talk about a guy going that high. I know we talked about it with Kristaps Porzingis last year, but I think even Kristaps Porzingis was much better than what Bender – was um or is and so for that reason it's like are you are you taking it all on potential because there has to be at least a little bit of skill that you can work with not just potential because i don't think it's worth it for you to take a big man especially when you've got other guys i mean for me the best big in this draft there's a couple of them uh that i really like as like sneaker picks for that like number nine slot if you're talking about the raptors specifically scal from uh, uh kentucky man he's got a uh He's got tremendous wingspan. He's just got all the, like, intangibles. He can shoot the three. I watched his pro day from IMG IMG, uh, a couple days ago, and his shooting was pretty impressive. His stroke looks good. His shot form looks good. I'm I'm very impressed with Scal. And then the other guy is Sabonis. So, like, for me, I, I don't know why Bender would be ranked that high. I don't like his game that much. I don't see it as, like, a transcendent kind of talent. And if you're going to pick, like, number yeah. two, three, four, or five, you better pick somebody who's going to be able to produce and produce pretty immediately. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Bender's upside could be great. He's a seven-footer that is pretty yep. young and, and won't tip over himself when he tries to do calisthenics. And so that puts you in the first round automatically. But beyond exactly. that, there's not a whole lot to get you excited about. Yeah, I like Sabonis, too. Um, and I think Lubisia is a guy who struggled his first year, but I think that that's a misrepresentation of what he really could be. And I think that in the NBA, kind of like Noel, he might even find a little bit more success than he did in college. <clears throat> and so yep. I think that's a good guy to gamble on. But some of these other bigs like Ellenson and, and Poitel that have been oh, floating around boy. the lottery, I just I just hey, don't I, I couldn't do don't it. I couldn't trigger on them. No, those yeah. remind me of just yeah. more Mozgovs. <laughs> Sorry, I mean it's just like <laughs> you know you may have some offensive game, but you really can't play too much defense or the opposite. And uh, as a big, I yeah. think you have to play both, and I think you have to be versatile. And I don't think guys that are that yeah. big can do that in this league unless they're in the right position. And there's not many yeah. of those around. That's the problem. It's true. The guy, the guy I like that, that might end up being a sleeper is Diamonds. He's pretty darn athletic. Yeah, he has yeah, good yeah, hands. Yeah. I like He's him. had some big games. And he seems like a guy that, that you know, in the right situation, um, you know, late first rounder, early second rounder, could, could stick on the team just because he's, he's pretty darn athletic. Yeah, I like him a lot. What do you, what do you reckon on um, the other thing that I, I was kind of curious on? Who's going to be the steal of this draft? Like the, the guy that, like, goes in the second round or goes undrafted and people start calling his name? Or, uh, you know, he starts – he's, you know, the next Draymond Green or whatever you want to call it. The next, uh, the next player to make, make an impact in the league coming from almost an unknown. Well, I, I'm not sure if they're – I'm not sure about late in the draft, but I'll, I'll talk again about Chris Dunn. And I just think that he's going to end up being he, – he may not end up being the best player when it's all said and done out of this draft, but I think that – out of the early candidates in the first round, he'll have success uh, pretty soon. But a guy I think that, you know, people might – see, there's, there's like Denzel Valentine guys like that can end up going, you know, 10th or end up going 30th. Um, that just kind of makes you think, gosh, you know, he can play, but where is he going to end up falling? But um, I don't know. I think Malik Beasley is a little better than, than people think too. And uh, he, he might end up uh, making an impact in the late first round or early second round. So there's a few picks out there. Uh, but – I just think Dunn is going to end up being pretty special, and I might just be biased because I'm kind of in love with this Westbrook kind of power guard style that's starting to, you know, take over the NBA. But uh, you know, I think he has a real chance. Yeah, I think Beasley could be a good one. I think um, there's a couple others that uh, I, I, I really like and to to make a good late round pick. Um, Tyler Ulis, you you mm-hmm. watch him play at all? He's got oh, yeah, some no, problems, he's... obviously. He's obviously size-wise is uh, always a question. And uh, the one thing I just can't question about him, though, is drive and leadership. His ability uh, and just, like, for, <laughs> for his size, he just he, he won't stand out by any means. I mean, he just plays way more for, than what his size is. And I think his ability yeah. to, like, play an up-tempo – uh, you know, like defensive intensity kind of player. Um, I, I liken him similar to like a Della Vadova-esque player in the sense that, you know, he's going to work his butt off, do what he has to do, um, and try and make up for size and lack of speed and lack of awareness and stuff like that with just motor, like literally just high-intensity yeah. motor. So yeah, that's I think the, that yeah, could that's be – Yeah, that's a guy that if he was 62, he'd be a lottery pick for sure. Yeah, and then there's a couple other guys from Washington that I find really interesting. Uh, Deontay Murray, uh, yep. 6'5", decent shooter. shooter. Uh, obviously, 
He can finish at the rim. He's got these long, lanky kind of players. He reminds me uh, very similar to, um, you know, who's, who he's been compared to as Jamal Crawford. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got that, like, lanky kind of kind of feel for him, like a six-man, yeah. someone who comes off the bench. So that guy could be good. And then uh, a guy that we both know very well, <laughs> um, uh, Andrew Andrews, I think he's going to have, uh, have a hell of an NBA career as well. Yeah, no, I think um, I think Andrews really proved himself, and he's he's a guy that could definitely catch on in the in the second round, and and if not that, then go to summer league and really impress people because he's a better athlete than people think, and and he's a lot more capable than people think. Um, so you know it'll be, it'll be an interesting draft. You know, I, I've you know outside of the top ten picks, you know, I I think the value for once is going to come in the mid to late first round after people, you know, draft the first 12 players that are maybe a little bit overhyped, because out of the first two, there are a few guys who I won't name, obviously, who I just don't think belong in the top ten. So um, the play is really going to come at the at the back of the first round and, and early in the second round this year, especially with the cap going up to second round yep. picks are definitely going to be at a premium. So Yeah, and what do you think about Durant? Does Durant say? I mean, there's some rumors out there that are, that are kind of floating around stating that uh, he may, he may look for a one-year deal elsewhere. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, for me, uh, it just makes sense for him to stay. You know, Russell's under contract another year. You can take a one-year deal with a second-year option like LeBron did and come back to the yep. same roster, uh, at least with the same core intact and see how it plays out. And I just think that that would give him the most leverage. So unless he found a situation where he was just totally in love you know, like a Golden State, we're going to move some pieces around and just kind of sign him later and nobody knew it. Unless there's something like that out there for him, I don't see him making a move um, because realistically there's not really that many other great packages. I mean, he got to the the Western Conference Finals and he's been to the Finals with this team and has had injuries and other kinds of, you know, freak accidents happen in between. So there's not really a whole lot to be mad about. You know, they've fallen short. So, But it's still not like they can't get there. And uh, so I, I think for that reason that he stays on a one- or two-year deal. I don't see him taking a one- or two-year deal with a different team just because, you know, he has the most leverage and can get the most by staying in Oklahoma City. So that's what I anticipate happening. Well, you know, the, the one-year one one-year deal with the, the, the second-year player option actually won't give him any more money anywhere else. He can sign anywhere and get that same amount of dollars elsewhere. The only thing that he's actually sure. losing out on is the is obviously if he stays in OKC – for X amount of years, he does get that pay increase of like, I think it's 3.5% or whatever. If he signed a longer term deal after signing the shorter term one, that's where he, right, he right. would make out. So, right. Right. Um, no, right. And, and so, yeah, I guess I misspoke when I said that. So I, I guess he wouldn't, but, but I think that the way it's set up is that the Thunder would be able to offer him more, even if it was just a two year deal um, based on them being the team that drafted him. So I think he would make a little bit more by staying there. Even in that scenario, I'm not entirely sure, and I should probably know that. But yeah, I was just saying, as far as the roster setup is, you know, I think that staying with Westbrook another year for a trial and error and then having you know, different sense. opportunities to make moves, it just makes sense. So I don't see him yeah, yeah. jumping ship just quite yet. I think he likes a little bit. Everybody likes to be courted a little bit, so I think that's probably a little bit of what, what's going on here. Um, I did want to get your opinion on something that I had, I had played on our last episode. I thought you would like it. It's pretty hilarious. Um, I, I love when media, and I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, I, I don't know if you listened to the show last time, but uh, I just love when media members 
who typically don't ask questions or don't really know what the question they're going to ask is, and they raise their hand prematurely in these press conferences. Uh, this sure. is a very, very good example of that with LeBron in uh, game one of the NBA Finals. Listen to this. Our right side on the aisle. Uh, Jason Lesku, SFA. Uh, LeBron, does obviously this, this team and the series is a lot different than last year, but how much different after this game here do you think it is? I don't quite get your question. With, you know, the Warriors <laughs> roster is the same, but, you know, last year it was, it was Curry, it was Clay, and some of those guys taking over. But after game one, having the bench go and score 45 points, does that change your view of, of how this series might go and, and what you have to prepare for? Um, I think you're wrong in the fact of saying it was just uh, Clay and Steph. <laughs> I mean, they got to the point where they were last year and won a championship because of their whole team and their bench. And they're here once again in the finals because of their whole team. So, you know, nothing has really changed. Um, they're a team that's had another year under their belt, and they've, they've uh, exceeded um, the, what they did last year. Um, so um, it's kind of hard to answer that question because it's not really true. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it's hard to answer that question because it's not really true. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty awesome. I, I just wanted to get your opinion on stuff, stuff that happens like that. I just think it's really funny. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta you gotta know your role, and what I mean by that is, you know, if, yeah, you're. I don't want to like get too existential, but I mean, you're in the press conference. Your job is to ask questions. You're supposed to get sound bites. You're supposed to use it for a story. We all get that, but at some point, you just gotta be a a person. You gotta be practical and say, okay, then what, what can I get? What like what is, what what does anybody expect LeBron to say about? Write the question down. Golden. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? How about how about how about make it easier for yourself by doing that by having a question in the first place? But then if you, if you yeah. couldn't manage to do that, at least you know come off the cuff with something that that might be a decent soundbite. But yeah, how does it feel to have Golden State's bench outperform your bench this game? Well, the same thing happened last year, and Nigga got MVP because of it. So it's kind of like it's no different at all. It's literally no yeah. different. It's just, no. it's just kind of funny to hear somebody say that. So. Well, they're the same team, right? They have nobody else yeah. that they've added, really. I mean, uh, uh, Anderson, Vergeau. Um, but, I mean, yeah. in the scheme of things, in the scheme of things, they haven't changed a thing. And so I, I just found it really funny. I, I, the, and the rebuttal by him, too, LeBron, like, uh, I'm not really sure I understand your question. But <laughs> Yeah, he was – he, he was pretty annoyed by that. He was like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's it's kind of not- <laughs> episode two here. I don't know if you watched the first two games, but we're, we're here again, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? Not, not all- <laughs> yeah, uh, never mind. It's fine. Um, but uh, we've got about five minutes left. Um, let's, uh, let's do a – what I really want to do is do a roundtable really quick discussion on the worst USA basketball team that could win gold. And uh, this was on Bill Simmons' podcast maybe a couple weeks ago. They were talking about – the worst basketball team that, that that U.S. basketball team they could put out or field that would win gold. Uh, kind of list your starting five if you if you had it <laughs> if you had something in mind. Oh, a team that I think could win gold, and this is the worst. And I'm using air quotes. The worst as in, possible you know, team worst. that you could win. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the best would be Chris Paul, LeBron. Like, so the best would be 08, right? The best would be 08, and then the worst maybe would be like it says literally guys that have been picked, or can I pick like? Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is like, so this is current state. We were talking basically that, you know, Steph and all these guys, they're bagging out of USA basketball and, and not doing it because of breast and whatever else. What, uh, 
come up with five guys in the NBA currently that you could field to the Olympics and still win gold with? Uh, you know, I wish I knew that the guys that were dropping out. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I, I think that mid-level and lower-level players in the NBA are still at the top as far as what other countries can produce internationally or sure. just as good as what they have represent, you know, representation-wise in the NBA from their country. Um, so yep. I, I could see a team like Isaiah Thomas, man. Isaiah Thomas. Shoot, man, you could have the, the Celtics starting five. You know, you could have Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, you know what I'm saying, David Lee and Amir Johnson go out there, and I think those guys can win gold. You know, so you yeah. know, you got to pick your poison. You know I mean? It really just depends. But, you know, I saw guys like C.J. McCollum and, and different names like that popping up. I thought that was pretty interesting, and I hope they get an opportunity to really do well too. Yep, yep, definitely. I uh, I think I've got a, a pretty close to a starting five scenario here. I, I've got, okay. I, I'd like to see Devin Booker. Um, okay. I'd also, I'd also like to see, uh, how about, how about we throw in your guys, uh, Ross and Jones and, um, okay, so we got Booker at the two, Ross at the three, Jones at the four. Okay. Four. And then we're, we're really just missing a point guard and a center. Uh, I kind of want to in fluctuate some, some craziness in there. So I'm thinking maybe like, uh, you know, maybe, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Hashim to beat, or, um, maybe, <laughs> uh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got one. Um, let's just throw Cousins. He'll be like the dominant force in the center position. And oh, yeah, um, they, they definitely win then, yeah. There you go. Okay, well, then never mind. No, no, we got we to gotta figure out it, what's the closest team you could possibly have to winning gold. Um, eh, let's see here. I Man, think I, think, I, think, I, think, I can't think of centers. I mean, Drummond? No, uh, that, that, he's pretty good. Monroe? No. Greg Monroe? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Moreau's pretty yeah, Moreau, look, look, Moreau and T. Jones in, in this scenario, you know, you got Jones working the high post. You got Monroe down low, man in space. You know, and I think you got Ross and Booker who can both spread the floor. And pretty much, heck, me or you can play point hey, guard in that scenario. It doesn't Kirk really Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich. There you go. Oh, for sure, man. I love Kirk Heinrich. Kirk Heinrich will get down there in the stand. Or he would Luke run the <laughs> Shoot, man. You go get Dan Dick out, too. I guarantee you we can still win. You know, it just matters. <laughs> Where the NBA usually uh, gets their separation is in, in their bigs, usually. So, yep. you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it was just an interesting discussion. I, I thought that we should discuss yeah. there. But, um, hey, I mean, we've, we're pretty much out of time here. I did, uh, first of all, want to thank you for coming back on the show and, and getting back on this co-host bandwagon here. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank you for keeping it going, trust me. But uh, hey, we're going to hey, keep this thing going. No so. Yeah. yeah uh, hopefully we'll have some live stuff for you either. I mean, I think you're going to be at Vegas summer league maybe, uh, but uh, if not, maybe I'll make the journey while I'm in Vegas to Los Angeles or something along those lines. And we'll, no, we'll, and no, we'll find a way connect. to come. We'll, we'll find a way to come to you live at some point this summer. I can guarantee. You. There we go. There we go. Guaranteed. Live and we'll get some player interviews and some other stuff going on. So keep in touch, uh, keep up to date. And uh, the other thing, like I said, I mean, it really, we do want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Blog Talk Radio has been great to us. Uh, they're promoting us on their website now. Um, so big shout out to them. Big shout out to 5-4 Club. Use the promo code MBA, uh, 50% off your first order there. And then it looks like we're going to have a couple more sponsors here pretty shortly. So uh, the show has kind of taken off. We appreciate all the listeners that have been listening in for the past like six months or so and, and kind of Stay in tune and keeping with us. Um, any last words, Noah? 
Nope, just a great show. Special thanks again to Blog Talk Radio and Five Four Club as well. And uh, we'll be back at you. Uh, stay tuned for more uh, content from the KO Show. All right, thank you. We'll talk to you guys later. That's Maurice Ager. Here's a guy you saw a ton during the course of the regular season, last. Yep, Michigan State, obviously a disappointing first-round exit, but Maurice Ager improved his game over the course of his career. Ager, 6'5", spins and got it at a 360. Hello, Maurice Ager. Tom Izzo looking on with his family. 78-68. And when you do it against an athletic team, this is what happens. Mo Ager for the one-hand slam, and yes, Mr. Reddick, congratulations, you made the poster. But Michigan State really working the ball well. One for a back cut, and then for the slip to the goal for Davis. There's Ager for three. Oh, Sabanius! Big time delivery. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands. Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, left, left and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a drill instructor directing a musical. Get those tap heels in line and let me see those jazz hands. Are you bundling your home and auto insurance through Progressive? Can you hear me through those sequins? Bundle your home and auto through Progressive and save. Left, left, left and step ball change. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates. Home insurance provided and serviced by other select insurers.